0: All right, we are live. Welcome back to From College to Combine. I'm Michael Sokoli alongside Raleigh Millette. How are you doing on this March 30th, the last last couple days of March we have here?
1: You know, I'm really sick of March. It's like the longest month in history. There's nothing cool that happens in this month, and it's also been bad weather.
0: See now, I, I I agree with it being the longest month in history, and that I I blame February. To, but did I try to say that nothing happened okay? in March? Yeah, did you say that nothing happened in March? So you, you're, not okay, in, you're not interested in, not interested in the that NCAA that tournament. Basketball. You're, uh, you are you are not interested in, pro days. You're not interested oh, in free agency, okay. NFL oh, NFL free agency. You're not interested. You, you're right, hearing right. it here. That the cool. show we did on NFL Free Agency, you weren't interested. That wasn't no, free your show.
1: Was free Agency was fun and basketball was fun, but that's really it. I'm talking about, like, actual fun stuff you can do outside. I like being outside. when, And I've been waiting for nice weather forever, and this month is just really throwing it back in my face. You never yeah, comment. glasses, tough. by the way. You're supposed to give me your take on these.
0: What, uh, what your glasses? Well. yeah. yeah. I, i'm glad that they're blue light and they're going to help your eyes in yeah. terms of looks i feel like you teach me some sort of science lesson decide in chemistry and bio
1: probably I mean, chemistry
0: are they distracting it does look like you're in the matrix but you know i anything to look up at your face it's a warm it warms my heart to be completely honest and really? as for the month of march to be honest it's it's yeah, we're we're up here in Connecticut. We go to Quinnipiac University. He's yeah. next door, right over there. And it it was 20 degrees today. It was like see Two days ago. Why? Well no, two days ago it was snowing. And then four <laughs> days ago it was 60. I, I don't know what's going on with the world, but I would suggest stop and choose a season. And you that like. is from College to Combine. <laughs>
1: To not be a morning person like me, like you're more of a morning person than I am. I hate waking up early in the morning, waking up for the 8 a.m. class this morning, seeing it was 25 degrees outside. Mm. It was a tough
0: one. It was a tough one. But obviously, we're not here just to talk about the
1: disappointing weather
0: of Connecticut and the Northeast. We're here to talk about the top five quarterbacks in this year's Classic one-hour rankings that we're going to get into later but before we do that, I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple places, including our Twitter accounts. You can follow me at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli, two underscore, and you can follow Riley at Riley underscore Mallette. One underscore, a little bit faster than I was. I'm also going to give a shout-out to, for frequency's sake, on Twitter at FFSQC and the IDP guys, for which they made shout-out to Nathan for this amazing overlay outlay uh, logo on the top. I can I'm gonna say it more times than I should, but it's awesome. It's very much appreciated. Check out IDP guys on Twitter as well as IDPguys.org for an upgrading rookie mag that I've contributed a couple draft profiles to, as well as the entire team is everyone you could think of. IDP offense, it's extensive, it's coming out soon. Go pre-order it because it's awesome. But let's get into the show. Let's dive right in, not to the quarterbacks, but to the news of the week. We have a few of those, but we're gonna start at the top. We're gonna to start with Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin after being traded a couple days ago. What was your reaction to it when you first saw it, Mr. Millette?
1: Um, listen, I like Tyreek Hill, very good player, and I it, the the first thing that I was thinking about was how this affects Patrick Mahomes, and we talked about it a little bit last week, but um, just the the, the main thing is. We've seen a lot of people really dropping their, uh, dropping uh, Patrick Mahomes in their rankings, which I always had Josh Allen uh, above Patrick Mahomes just because uh, of his rushing upside. But um, I've I've seen a couple uh, superflex dynasty mock drafts today where uh, Justin Herbert is getting taken over Patrick Mahomes uh, consistently, and I think we should calm down on that a little bit.
0: It's. It's, it's 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 an interesting trade because of like we haven't seen this. I think something you brought up was Tyreek Hill. When was the last time Mahomes has lost somebody like Tyreek Hill?
1: No, yeah, yeah, it's never happened.
0: It's never happened. So the the biggest piece he's lost is who Samuel Watkins, and that's not a that's <laughs> not exactly a week to week loss that you're having there, Patty. So. It's it's interesting and it does it does knock Mahomes off the t- number one spot for me. It it's 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 a confusing deal for the Chiefs. I understand why they did it. They wanted to clear up cap room, but the Dolphins are loading up, man. And I think a lot of people are wondering, what do you do with Tyreek? What do you expect? What is fair to expect? Because this offense, I think, is this offense is going to look so much different than last year. I think it's going to be the biggest difference like from year to year i don't think a single unit offense or defense anywhere in the league is going to look more different than the miami dolphins
1: yeah that's that's for sure and having uh a new head coach is every every team that is you know getting a new head coach i'm really excited to see how they run their offenses and uh the two biggest beneficiaries are that of that are the dolphins and the broncos um you know broncos hiring nathaniel hackett former uh, Packers offensive coordinator. He's their head coach now. Uh, getting Russell Wilson uh, to the Broncos. So those are those two teams. Denver and Miami are two teams. I'm really excited to see what happens on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And
0: I'm I'm really excited to see how they end up using Jalen Waddle. It's it's going to be because last year peppered with targets, and that just won't be the case this year. I don't think it's fair to expect Jalen Waddle to be a 100- hundred reception guy i think he's going to jump closer to the 70 to 80 range and that's that's a significant difference but you know we've always known that jalen waddle is a guy that can stretch the field he makes his he should be making his points in bunches it shouldn't be he shouldn't be a ppr guy that's not what we expected and i do trust mike McDaniel will put him in good spots but right now where would you draft tyree kill like i, I I'll, I'll try to throw a name right now would you draft tyree kill would you draft t higgins
1: that that I honestly had that same exact comparison in my mind. <laughs> We're right? on a mind
0: meld. We're always on a mind meld.
1: Yeah, it was it was actually T Higgins or DK Metcalf, and we'll talk about DK Metcalf a little later. But I would still take uh, Tyreek Hill. I think he has the game changing ability that no other wide receiver in football has, like he does. So, and I I will rely on that. I'm a believer enough of Tua to think that I, he can support. Tyreek Hill to continue to be, I think a conservative estimate for Tyreek Hill is top eight. I, he certainly has the uh ceiling to be top three. So I will take uh Tyreek over T. Higgins. And I probably take do
0: it as well, just for the sake of two t- if Tua takes a leap, then this this could be a this could be a wide receiver one year. And I don't know, I don't think T. Higgins doesn't have that upside. So that's, that's probably where I lean as well, but I think a lot of people are going to be asking the question of Tyree Killer or this other guy, and maybe historical bias is going to jump in, or maybe people are truly just scared off of Tua. I think his draft stock is going to be very interesting to watch because some highlights in training camp are going to go a long way. And speaking of highlights, I'm going to throw something else out here on the that I didn't have down uh, as, as prepared, but in other news, the Detroit Lions. Um, are going to be this summer's Hard Knocks team. I, we haven't talked yeah. about this, Raleigh. How, how 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 do you feel about that?
1: I'm I'm all about it. I want to see up close and personal Dan Campbell's coffee routine. Like, do you remember the TikTok <laughs> that came out of the guy drinking like Dan Campbell's coffee? I forget exactly what it is. It's like two Trenta like double shot espresso. Like, oh, Cobra. I do remember this. And he drinks two of them, right? And the guy who did the TikTok drank one of them. Just one. He said the other one was in the fridge and he was laying in bed like, Dan Campbell, you ruined my life. I feel miserable right now. I'm going to bed. He drank half of Dan Campbell's coffee routine and he was not.
0: See, you're interested in that. I'm purely interested in Dan Campbell, as I I know a lot (laughs) of people are. But I I want to see Aiden Hutchinson, who I expect to be donning a Lions uniform, just doing whatever he wants out there. I'm very excited to see how the Lions look. I want to say oh, I want some Amon Ra highlights, and I'm gonna say this PSA. It's the reason I bring it up now. I know it's a fantasy show, but everyone on the Lions will shoot up a round to two rounds purely based on hard knocks. That mm-hmm. that will happen. That happened. So, with Zeke, remember? It happened with Zeke. You no know one, yeah, a hundred percent. It happened with Zeke. And Zeke's likable now and all that. And I mean Cd Lamb. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah, you yeah. could not stop C D Lamb draftees. And I don't I don't blame him, but ultimately you were disappointed if you truly bought him on the hype that he ended up getting. So that's it's it's something I just want to throw out there. But there's a lot of other stuff going on that actually affects on field impact. And that is a couple rumors that I'm gonna bring up in Carolina. So Carolina is a dysfunctional team with a new owner who a couple, what, three, four years ago now, David Tepper bought the Carolina Panthers. New guy in town, came in, and has been looking for a quarterback ever since and has been dying declaration that he will find his guy. Took a shot with Sam Darnold, did not pan out, tried Teddy Bridgewater. Cam Newton never was a good fit with the new team at his age. It's, it's getting to the point where even the GM has said that, it's difficult for them to pass on a QB at six. So do you, this is also with the context that Carolina has spent their second, their third, and fourth round picks on C.J. Henderson and Sam Darnold. So the number six pick realistically is their only chance to not have Sam Darnold or some current free agent as their starting quarterback on week one. So do you expect, who we're going to get into our quarterbacks, but do you expect a quarterback to be going to the Carolina number six?
1: Absolutely. And we'll, we'll talk about that later because in in this year's draft class, uh, as everyone knows by now, not a good uh, quarterback draft class. So none of them are going to get drafted um, most likely in the upper echelon of the first round. So they could very easily have their pick uh, of the quarterback. So we'll talk about that a little later when we get into it, but it's just so fascinating to see the Panthers strike out time and time again, like they struck out on Deshaun Watson um like you mentioned donald was a bust uh it's it's just so it's, it's frustrating even for non-panthers fans to watch really
0: it is because you're forcing a pick you're drafting for value you're drafting for a need instead of value that rarely works out and it's quarterback this is a multi-year commitment and at a premium pick in a premium defensive class for uh, kyle hamilton would be a very nice fit with some of those safeties back there but um there's a lot of there's a lot of people that would be good fits in Carolina, and I'm not sure if they're a quarterback away. At the same time, Sandon's Dalins on the guy. There is still a surname name that I'm, I like above other people that we're going to bring up later, and it's not really too much of a mystery. But we'll still bring up later. Which other line do you want to bring up right now? I want. I think we got time for let's say two more.
1: Let's talk about DK Metcalf. I mentioned him a little earlier with um, when we were talking about T Higgins. So. Um... There's some trade rumors getting floated around about DK Metcalf, you know, obviously since the Seahawks uh, kind of embraced uh, the the tank mindset after trading Russell Wilson for a hundred million picks. And a, a lot of teams have called and inquired about uh, DK Metcalf. And you can imagine that a wide receiver who was on the final year of his rookie contract um, and he's a second round pick, so he doesn't have a fifth round option. So he's going to be a free agent after this year. So you'd imagine with the Seahawks being in the position that they're in. In the NFC West, super strong division with the Super Bowl champion Rams, the 49ers right behind them. Uh, it would make a lot of sense for them to kind of unload DK Metcalf and get something in return for him if they don't believe they can go out there and compete. And it's it's been interesting to see. So if DK Metcalf were to get traded, where do you think his most likely landing spot is?
0: I just knocking on the door for wide receivers for the better part of a month. The Chiefs have been doing the same ever since they moved on from uh from excuse me from uh Tyreek Hill. So there's 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 a lot of things to consider here. And I, I, I if I pick one I think the Jets. The Jets would have been the Jets would have traded for Calvin Ridley if Calvin didn't have his field concerns. They would have Tried for they they would have gotten Tyree Hill if Tyree Hill wanted to be a Jet. So I think the same is true here, where they are going. The Jets are going to go out and they're going to try to get DK Metcalf because right now that receiver room is underway Elijah is fantastic. Corey Davis is better than people give him credit for. They brought back Braxton Barrios. They
1: yes, that's they it.
0: They Denzel Mims is their wide receiver four. I don't want that. That's no. That shouldn't exist and they'll add people to the draft no matter what. But DK Metcalf, as much as I might want to ridicule him at times, would be a much needed downfield threat for this team where Corey Davis is great, DK Metcalf is better at downfield things 100%. Corey Davis would be a great possession receiver on the outside. DK would be great on the other on, on the other end as well as Elijah Moore working the slot. That's a complete offense. They've retooled tight end. They're just missing that receiver on the on at the X. And I, I think the Jets would be primo there. Although, obviously, the Chiefs would be a fantastic landing spot as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And moving on real quick, just to talk about a, an IDP guy, Jabril Pepper signed with the Patriots. Um, went unsigned for a little while because of an ACL injury that he's still recovering from. But uh, he's, he's an interesting guy to me. Um, he was obviously a really high draft pick and uh, has played – not played up to his uh, – draft status obviously but he had a couple good years with uh with the Giants so I'm I'm interested to see how he fits into that uh Patriots secondary that re-signed uh Devin McCoury that still has Adrian Phillips uh uh still has Kyle Duggar he would he would kind of play the same role as uh Kyle Duggar so it would it's it'll be interesting to see how uh tackles are divided among that secondary
0: yeah and honestly it'll really yeah I think it'll come down to how much new England addresses their linebackers because i mean what, what have they done this offseason to address the linebackers refresh my memory because i know they brought back um, they
1: cut kyle Noy as a cap casualty yep they signed mac will i no, they traded for mac wilson senior they traded uh jamie collins i believe it was um yeah that's about it like middle linebacker off ball linebackers one of their biggest uh top two or three needs Going into the draft, so he could easily either Duggar or uh, Jabril could fill that hole for them.
0: Yeah, and that's a valuable role because you're looking for defensive backs in IDP that can step into the box and start playing in the run game, playing being as a run supporter. And that's like the past of uh, being a good you know pass defender as Malcolm Butler. You know tends to be in this type of system where he has you know he's also a newly signed Patriot. That's a lot of Malcolm. Newly, Butler. I just newly English signed. English. Never never been there before. I'm sure he's not <laughs> used to the cold. Um, I can't believe that happened still. But um there's there's a lot of intrigue with Jarrell Peppers. I want to see how he recovers from the injury because the injury was a serious one. But I don't believe the Patriots or Bill Belichick like the it, the Patriots have always been high risk or low risk, high reward type of type of team. They're gonna take their shots on on guys that we're now, what, we're, we're three, two, three weeks into free agency. He's unsigned. It's a one-year deal. It's the type of thing where if he's on the field, I, I'm actually, I'm very interested in Jermell Peppers as, 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 as an IDP look. But um, I think the last name we want to talk about is Ronald Jones to the Chiefs because a lot has been made of that. We have a resident, Clyde edwards Eliot Truther, on the call today. And it's not me. Um,
1: He's going to reach
0: up. I'm surprised. I'm shocked you're able to grab that That's without stepping on the shot. chair.
1: That's his signature. He signed it for that,
0: me. Yes. Um how did you Yeah. Yeah, he signed it for you. Um so Riley here has a deep love for Cloud Energy Layer and it has only 70% to do with his height, right?
1: Yes, Short King. Uh I support my Short Kings, but um how how the Ronald Jones signing affects him, it'll it'll keep Clyde Edwards Alaire in the in the third down role. And now that Darrell Williams is gone and Ronald Jones couldn't catch a cold. Um, but we're we're comfortably slotting Clyde Edwards Alaire into the third down passing role, especially now that tyree Hill is gone. There they have some need at um all positions of pass catching. So we could see Clyde Edwards Alaire getting a little bit more work there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ronald Jones take down take some early down work, a good chunk of the early down work. So we'll see what happens with that. But um I maintain that Clyde Iverser Lair looked pretty good with his touches that he had in the postseason, uh, even though he was pretty heavily outtouched by or outperformed by Jarek McKinnon, but he's gone now too. They're uh Jarek McKinnon and Darrell Williams both walked in free agency. So now it's just uh obviously they're most likely gonna add someone to the draft, but that running back room right now is just Clyburn, and Ronald Jones. It's
0: the, – the funny thing with Ronald Jones, right, is that everyone's acting like this is amazing. And it is. Chiefs <laughs> – listen, as a, Melvin Gore, as a guy who has Melvin Gordon in a lot of dynasty leagues, having your running back side right now to the Chiefs no less, that's fantastic. Ronald Jones was just on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was, that was as good of an opportunity as he pretty much had. That was a great offensive line, a good system, a high-scoring team, but it didn't work. And, yeah, you could say, yeah, Leonard Fournette is better than Clyde edwards and he is. He is. Yes, but yes. My, I, I maintain that Ronald Jones will take himself off the field to the point where you can never trust him, and that's oh, the yes, issue. It's true. not – the fun, like I, I, I meant, I tweeted this out when it, ha- when, when the deal went down, that, Ronald Jones could be a value. Ronald Jones could win you weeks. He will also lose you weeks because, in every facet of the game, he can end a drive, he can fumble on a carry, he can drop a pass, he can whiff a block. There is not a single thing that you can trust him to do hundred percent of the time, and that's why he will never make the upper league. That's not changing at this point in his career. We've seen enough of Ronald Jones, but that's that is what it is it's not scheme. it's just that's just ability. that's all that is is holding onto a ball, catching a ball and making a block. that's that's all stuff you know by now or you don't know. So I'm I'm interested in Ronald Jones depending on where he ends up going. I can't imagine I'll end up taking him on where his draft class will be. I think honestly, where do you think who do you think goes ahead in drafts? let's say go I, I also think that the chiefs are not done at the position. I think they're either bringing back Daryl Williams, they're bringing back Jared McKinnon, or they're adding probably not a day two guy, but a probably a day three, fourth, or fifth round rookie. Like a Tyler Beatty would be a very interesting fit in this offense mm-hmm. um, as a receiving run, running back as a rookie. But let's say let's say it 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 stays as they add a six round r- running back, we're not worried about, and they go into the season with Ronald Jones and Ceh. Who are you taking ahead? And they, um, and, and they find they find a wide receiver you like in the draft so there is somebody
1: but uh, I, yeah i'm, I'm easily going to take Clyde Rosaaire because of the receiving upside plus it's it's difficult for for me to foresee that uh, Cla Zolaire is the only returning back in that backfield a guy they spent a the first round pick on a guy they really trusted uh, early in his career who even right at the beginning of his uh, rookie season was getting 15 to 20 touches a game. And even though his career has kind of fallen a long way since then, it would be difficult for me to imagine that they hand off a lot of that work to Ronald Jones, who came in, who was unsigned in free agency for such a long time, and who got forced off the field by Leonard Fournette before he really broke out. Like, Leonard Fournette was really great last year, but he forced Ronald Jones off the field long before Leonard Fournette was a top-seven fantasy running back like he was this year.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with all that. So. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on, then we get to the meat of the show. What, you know, we're gonna bring some college people to the combine and then to the draft. One, we're bring them to the combine. I think we're a little <laughs> bit past bringing them to the combine, to be honest. Um, they were either there, or they weren't. But I say we get into our QB five. Are you interested in our QB five?
1: No, I'm not. But we could talk about them. Well, before we talk about them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, let, I, I want to quickly. Give a 20-second honorable mention to guys like Bailey Zapp and Carson Strong who did not make this list. They are names that you might want to be interested in or not interested in really, but this is a weak quarterback group. Us saying top five this year is completely different from saying top five the year before, 100% the year before that, and the year before that. This is a weak group. It could be the QB one of this – year we I-
1: were all drafted in the top 15 in the NFL draft and. Now you might see three of these quarterbacks go in the first round.
0: I don't think we see th- We can talk about that at a later show of who we actually think will be in a first round pick or even later on this show, because they will probably be relevant, but I want to throw out like the, the names like Bailey Zapp and Carson strong are the two guys that didn't make this list that might be going high enough where you should have them on your radar in super flex leagues. If they get the day two capital, I'm not interested in them really if they go day three, but it's it's worth throwing out there um, just for someone to be on your radar, even if they're not that great as prospects. But QB5 comes in, and I am not that interested. So
1: you kick it off. <laughs> okay, so QB5, this is, this is a guy who our first impression of him was when we were watching tape on his running back. And... Um, running back we also ended up not interested in for different reasons but um he looked, you know kind of awkward in the pocket his timing was off uh what he was wasn't it? Very accurate he was making poor decisions with uh, his footwork and his awareness and uh overall it's this guy has kind of been rising lately which is kind of strange to me um we're talking about desmond ritter of, of cincinnati he's our qb5 and it's, it's been interesting to see a lot of scouts have been calling him the most uh, NFL ready quarterback in this class. And from, from what I've seen Desmond Ritter as a passer, like in, in the games that I watched him, some of the bigger games that Cincinnati played, like uh, I'm not going to count Alabama in this because that's just an unfair comparison for 99% of NFL uh, or excuse me, college football teams. But in a lot of games, I watched Desmond Ritter play and he, he looked clunky and uh inaccurate and his his timing was off and i that really limits his ceiling to me even though he does have somewhat of a ceiling because he's a good runner as you as you do like about him
0: it's the only thing you can really like and and, and that's the reason like you mentioned he's on the rise right now and he's on the rise because he ran a 452 2 and which is like a 90th percentile or better type of metric and now, does that mean he's going to be a good quarterback? No, it doesn't. And the fact that I, I don't expect him to be a day one pick, I can't imagine you expect it either. Nope. So if that doesn't happen, he will not be a, he's most certainly not going to be walking into a starting job. If he's not walking into a starting job, he's going to need to show something on the practice field to get in that starting job. And that comes to the arm. That's not on the, that's not the legs. All right. In practice, there's very limited on what QBs can do running-wise, making a defender miss. That's not going to work to get him on the field. So, yes, he might be one of the more fantasy-friendly names on this list, and that is something you should be well aware of if he goes to the perfect spot. Like, if Carolina trades into the second round, and all of a sudden, like that's a clear route to starting job. If he even if he doesn't get day day one, capital. Uh, if we are wrong and they don't go QB at number six, but if he has to work to get on the field, I don't think he can read the defense well enough. I don't think his feet get set well enough. I, I'm just – I i don't know. There's there's a lot with Cincinnati that seemed like it was all too good to be true, and I tend to lean that it was all too good to be true, and it was kind of proven the playoffs. But not that I was expecting him to win, but ultimately there's just not a lot I was totally impressed with. He didn't blow me away with anything other than his mobility.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's all true and it's i'm i'm kind of getting ahead of myself because i'm thinking about the next guy on this list and i i kind of realized something which is that for every five guy on this list we have entirely different critiques about them like no no none of these five guys are really the same you know what i'm saying
0: i think there's some similarities between two of these names but that's it I, i i do agree that it's it's an interesting list in that aspect where like Desmond Ritter, mobile, some inaccuracies, those are problems. He can turn over the ball. That's that's an issue. But a lot of these uh, – you're, you're right. They're all unique prospects. And because they're all unique and none of them share a really great great trait, that's why we're not talking about them as, as last year and the year before that is because they're all just – yeah. They all have some real <laughs> red flags. They all have some real red flags and they all – I think most of them don't – most of them don't have the complete package that we want to build around. Our QB1, I think, has it. I think our QB1 has what we want to see of – he has the collection. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Why Why are we doing that? Do you want to say anything else on Desmond Ritter? Because I'm, I am – I. he's He's too aggressive with the ball for me to like him. It, it, it's. He reminds me of Deshaun Kaiser, except he's bigger.
1: Deshaun Kaiser. I haven't heard that name in a little bit,
0: right? He's a bigger Deshaun Kaiser to me. Deshaun Kaiser was thrown to the Wolves, and that was a second round. That was a second round pick. That's a similar type of idea. And he's he's more mobile, and he's a taller guy than Deshaun Kaiser. But I think that's that's where I come
1: see him. Mm -hmm. All right, let's let's start talking about the QB four on this list because I I recently found out something about him that's unique to every other quarterback. That's why I brought it up, but it's also kind of interesting to have a discussion about so uh matt corral of old miss is our qb4 and there i there's a report here from albert breer of sports illustrated who was talking about matt corral's interview process uh during the combine and quoted by saying the 23 year old redshirt junior was confident bordering on cocky in his interviews uh guys i talked to said you could see leadership traits and maybe a little bit of the youth uh there's some questions relating back to maturity as a college kid that they would heard before about talking about him. And I'd heard some whispers that Matt Corral's interviews were going to mean a lot. And I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into that. I kind of just assumed that meant we we're going to have to see where he's at as a leader, because uh, we don't, because he was a quarterback at Old Miss and that's, you know, not one of the more successful programs. So I, I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit more. So Matt Corral, he's, we're ex- not expecting day one uh, capital for him. We're expecting him to go into a backup job, and it would be pretty surprising for him to be drafted by a Panthers-like team who has an immediate need at quarterback. So it's it's interesting for me to, to think that a guy who might have maturity issues, who might have some leadership issues, if he has to fight for a starting uh a starting spot on any roster he ends up on that seems like something that could really work against him. And uh, that's really been my biggest critique of him. Like as a player, Matt Corral is kind of just, he, he's, he's not really all put together. I have a lot of the, some of the same critiques as, as rare is that, you know, his, his timing and mechanics are a little bit funky sometimes uh, gets careless with the ball and, you know, obviously bit throwing interceptions and not taking care of the football is one of the bigger red flags you could have about a uh college quarterback. But I think that coupled with uh the fact that his interviews were flagged before the combine as needing to be good. And they weren't is something to keep an eye on.
0: That's the type of thing that no, it won't impact his play on the field, but it could impact his play to get on the field and impact where and when he hears his name called. And that, that's, 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 very that's a huge deal of what situation he ends up with and Matt Corral is a guy that I want to like I really do because he's I, I I see him play with a lot of heart he he does motivate his teammates when they're down he I, I do think that he's respected and he's a true competitor and maybe this that type of Baker Mayfield cockiness of you know I, I don't think pe- pe- people weren't concerned about Baker Mayfield but it was something that the old football heads were talking about left, right, and center, you know. And Corral's an interesting guy because he didn't start off strong. Despite being a four-star prospect, you know, he took some time to get accumulated. He really only started taking off once Lane Kiffin took over at Ole Miss and established a really nice system for him. He turned it over too much, but then he cut it down his senior year. But the interesting thing with Matt Corral is somewhat similar to Desmond Ritter. Again, is his mobility where – I, I think is on this list because he has a lot of traits that you can build on, but I don't think any that truly separate him. And his concern my, my concerns with him, you know, working. He turned the ball over too much. He cut that down. But his health is my big concern. That's why he can't go higher on this list. As much as I might want to think about it, is he is a guy that plays too big for his size. He's not huge, but, you know, he runs the ball a lot. He had 1,100 yards over the last two years. And he missed time because he lowers his shoulder and he does that. Now, you could teach someone to avoid contact and all that. That's, that's obviously totally possible. But, but that's a big part of his game where there's a lot of times where he missed a blindside read. He completely misses it. He overcompensates for it, and he chucks it up. There's a lot of those that were not intercepted that should have. And – that's something that does concern me, and those are the things that take him away from being a top prospect. His arm is good, but not as good as some of the other names. All, in fact, I'd say all the names that are ahead of him on this list have better arms, and that's – Desmond Ritter might even have a better arm. Matt Corral probably has the weakest arm of this group, not that it's bad, and I don't think Kenny Pickett's arm is anything to write home about either, but that's that. that that's why he's at four, which feels like the right spot for him because he has some traits that you can build on, but nothing that I think makes him a complete player mm-hmm. if that made sense at all. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think he was a guy that we were hoping for a lot more of and instead Ole Miss didn't make the jump that we want to see from a guy that was in charge of making Ole, Ole Miss, making that jump. Ole Miss went as Matt Corral went.
1: Yeah. I, I feel all that. And, I kind of want to segue into the next guy by letting you talk about him, because I know you have a lot to say about this dude. I do.
0: I do have something to say about Sam Howell out of UNC, who I have ranked as my QB2 in this group. Raleigh has him at QB3. Consensus, we've been doing that consensus. Uh, The consensus of the community ties it out, and the consensus community puts Kenny Pickett at two over Sam Howell, but... I like Sam Howell, man. I, I, I like. He has the best arm in this class. Um, better than Malik Willis, who I think also has a fantastic arm. He has the most competitive spirit in this class. I think he is a true give your all for your program type of thing. He gritted out for UNC this year. He is one of the uh, combined with his arm. Having a nice arm is great, but this isn't Josh Allen where he's not completing his passes. He's, he can get done downfield. We saw this, We just saw it as pro day as well. He's doing 60-yard dimes all he wants. What I really like is that – or not, not that I really like, but that I have a reason for his year stepping back, that he was amazing as a sophomore. This was a Heisman candidate. You are obnoxious. For those listening and not watching, Riley is slowly nodding his head at me and it's just – I'm making
1: sure it. I understand everything you're saying.
0: Yes, and my big point in saying this is that he was amazing as a sophomore. He broke out at a very young age, which is very difficult to do as a as a QB, and then he lost everything, and naturally he did take a step back. He lost Diami Brown. He lost – um. I'm, oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on the William other UNC.
1: Michael Carter, who were yeah, – Well,
0: I was going to get to them, but there, there was another UNC wide receiver that was very, very, very relevant for them that also entered the draft and got drafted. Um, uh Des Newsom, uh, Des Newsom, yes, right, Des Newsom, yeah. Diami Brown, Javante Williams, Michael Carter. That that's the entire like, save for Sam Howell, that's everyone. That's the entire team is gone. That's all his weapons. So yeah, it makes sense that Sam Howell took a step back from a near Heisman level year as a, as a sophomore as well. So I think there's a lot to still like about Sam Howell that he's still the same player he was. He still – he threw for over 10 yards per attempt as a sophomore. That all came down this year. I, I, he's the type of guy that – similar to not, – not to apples to oranges, but people with, you know, Justin Ross have been saying that it's not fair to grade Justin Ross on this past year. You have to grade him on, 20, on 2020. So Justin Ross was 2019. I think it's the same for Howell, where you need to grade him the year before. He's the same player. He just was – and you like to see him push up a bunch of no-names. But that's, it's, it's not, you, you, it's you hear what I'm saying. It's asking,
1: it's asking You're a asking lot to a ton- another, another thing that I I think is, is really worth bringing up is that he rushed for over 800 yards this last year, which is, that's, that's also something to say about him, you know, stepping up in the running game after losing a great player like Javante uh, Williams and a really good player, in my opinion, in Michael Carter. Um, so I think his ceiling makes him higher than the two guys on this list because he can, he can run the ball just like Ritter can, and he's got a stronger arm than, uh, both of those guys. So I, I think the combination of those two, uh, raises capabilities in the NFL a little bit higher. Um, he just doesn't have the floor that the two guys in front of him do. Yes.
0: But I don't draft. If i an NFL team, I prefer from a fancy team I'm drafting for it. Mm-hmm. and that's that's why I put him at number two, because I do think he has some more upside than the guy ahead of him, who, since you have him at QB2, and I have him at QB3, you dive into this next name.
1: Yes. Um, I'm going to talk about Kenny Pickett from Pitt. He's my QB2, uh, a lot of people's QB2, and the the reason I like him more than Sam Howell is I think he's the most complete quarterback in this class. I think he's the most – NFL ready quarterback um, is a lot of the things uh, I said negatively about the first couple guys, man, are you trying to play? Are you trying to play with me? I'm right. sorry. You're going to have to, you're gonna have gonna to explain him. it for, you're going to have to
0: explain it for our non uh, video. He called, he
1: called sure. him Kenny Pickett, small hands from Pittsburgh. Yes. He has small hands. I was going to get, I was going to get to that. Let me just say some nice things about people I like first, please. Go on. Anyway. Go on, please. So uh, I forget where I was now. Kenny Pickett. okay kenny pickett is the most nfl ready quarterback in this class because he can he's the opposite of a lot of things i said negatively about uh the first couple guys on this list his his timing is always really precise Uh, he can make accurate throws into small windows his arm strength isn't great and sometimes he makes some poor decisions i think that's kind of the learning curve with college however um uh, i think his awareness in the pocket is very good I think he has a lot of the overall traits that you want in uh, an NFL quarterback. And it's the most important thing that you could see out of him is his anticipation throws into small windows and his decision-making.
0: Yeah, it's, he does a lot of things that on this list that nobody else does. I, I do think he's the most polished passer of the group. I have to bring up the hands. All right. I put in the title below me. It's, it's an issue. It's a huge issue with Kenny Pickett. I, I know people don't want to make it. I know people don't like writing people off based on measurements, but having eight and a half inch hands is no. It's a no-go because, listen, you cannot use the argument, he did it in college, why wouldn't like it, – it, it'll translate. He's done it. The ball gets bigger on the NFL level. The, more, the bigger hand you have, the more easily you can control where you want that ball to go. That's going to be an issue for Kennedy. I'm not. I'm not worried about the weather. Like the the weather is a side of it as well. Where, you know, if there's rain, it's going to be harder to get a grip. Again, the ball gets bigger, so don't just say he played in Pittsburgh. It's terrible weather there. It's going to translate. It's that is a notable difference. Having an inch less, you know, your hands are an inch smaller than what they're supposed to be. Really, it's it. There's a that's that's a big deal for me. Where his arm isn't all that. He's thrown a lot of rainbows where I'm not, I, there's just too much air under the ball than I would want to see. And it's pretty, I, I, I've seen plays where it prevents a long touchdown where the safety's caught up to him before the ball gets the receiver. And it's, it's just really hard to get past the hand size because the only QB that has done it is Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow was the best quarterback that college football has ever seen in terms of a single season performance. In terms of a single season performance, Joe Burrow's yeah, he LSU year had, he had was one
1: of the best college football seasons. We could
0: debate that on another time, but yes. um, at the very least, I'm saying that the only exception to Kenny Pickett making it is one of the is a number one overall pick, and Kenny Pickett's not that. Nobody's talking about him like that.
1: No, yeah, and I I think he'll be he'll be picked in the top half of the first round, and I, it's it's just hard for me to take. To roll the dice on a guy like Sam Howell, who has some, you know, positive traits, but a guy you can't really rely on, Uh it's tough for me to pick a guy like that over over Pickett, who can do a lot of things really well, a lot of things that you want a quarterback today to do well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ride Pickett into the ground too much because he is he's he is deserving of a number two spot. That's why a lot of people have him in the number two spots because he does show. Better poised than a lot of people. He still has good mobility, even if it's not as good as a guy like Howell or a guy like Macarell or even the guy who's number QB one on this list, Malik Willis out of Liberty. The no-brainer QB one on this list that is not a lock to be a Week One starter because this class isn't that great. Listen, no. if 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 you're if you're drafted very highly, if he goes end up ends up number six to Carolina. I would be shocked if he's not starting. Um, and it combined with ownership pressures and just spending the type of a bit. But he's a good prospect. He's actually a good prospect of this class. And that's combined with everything that we've talked about. Every single little bit that we've liked about the other groups, Malik Willis has a bit of it. He has the arm, he has a great arm. He has the intangibles. He's wowed people at in interviews from the senior bowl to the combine to helping a homeless person on the street when nobody was looking. It's he's been touted as a leader. He is mobile as all heck. He can he could get it done. He's not gonna be Lamar Jackson, but you know, that's that's fine. He doesn't he he's closer to Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson in terms of how he runs. He bowl you over before he you know runs right by you. But it's it, there's a lot to there's a lot to be excited about for Malik Willis, but I think a lot of people also need a little bit of an ice bath with them. In terms of is, is that the right phrase? Was that even a right phrase? Like, do
1: you, uh, you think people need to cool their jets on Malik Willis?
0: That's basically what I'm saying. Cooler jets. That's a no. Duh. That's, that's throwback. It? Yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah.
1: But. So here, my my thoughts on Malik Willis are are basically that. Um, his his accuracy as a passer uh, could use some work. And that's something that um, it's, it's, I'm not comparing him to Lamar Jackson, but watching a mobile quarterback struggle to be an accurate D passer for as long as Lamar Jackson has, he's gotten much better at it. I'm pro very pro Lamar Jackson, but he struggled as a passer for quite some time. And it it really uh, held him back after his MVP season. And I could very easily see the same thing happen to Malik Willis is that his accuracy might not be there. Assuming he's a week one starter, I think it's likely that he's a week one starter It ends up on a team like the Panthers who have uh, a vacancy at quarterback, but it'll, it'll be tough to rely on him to make a lot of throws that are really opening up the NFL and uh, forcing defenses to change how they play. Um, Malik Willis is a super good runner. He's very mobile. And that makes up for some of his, uh, you know, lacking for what he lacks in uh, ball accuracy. But I still really like his overall traits. He's a great athlete, and um, he likes to help homeless people. That's super nice.
0: Yeah, and
1: obviously the intangibles
0: aren't going to get it done on the field. That's 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 it's it's something that will help when it comes to making their decisions come. And I'm speaking for GMs there. And there's a lot of people that are very excited about Malik Willis. I just need to—it's—it's po- it's worth pointing out that he—he's not a blue chip, amazing prospect. This is this is the QB one of our class, and I mentioned it so many times in this call, but like, this is not a locked and loaded generational guy. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not—he's not Justin Fields. He's not—he's not even Trey Lance, honestly. Um like, this is a guy that, you know, in January, we were all in agreement that, yeah, he's going to need a year. He's going to need a year to sit, and I don't think he's going to get that year. So how that will affect his development, who knows? Does he even need that year? Who's to say? But there's there's between the tools he has, I don't think there's really any argument to have someone else like QB1.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. He's he's got he's got morally traits than anyone else on this list. He deserves it.
0: Yeah, so I agree with that. So that is our show wrapping up now, at seven forty-seven p.m. Eastern, seven forty-seven Central. I do have to specify for our wonderful viewers out in Central Time. So next week things are not going to get prettier, but they are going to get just as important as we take on tight end. Rookie rankings. How how excited are you about that? On a scale of one to two,
1: one.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, Now, what I'm excited for though is that there's going to be news and there's going to be things that are going to be breaking in the next week. So there's definitely still plenty of reasons to check in. Your team will need a tight end because there are a trillion teams right now that are tight end needy, and there are some interesting guys in this class that might surprise you. But that's for next week. We're gonna obviously we're gonna hop off now. Appreciate everyone for checking in. Again, check out me and Twitter at Michael underscore, underscore. Cicola. you can follow Riley at Riley underscore Millett. You can follow IDP, the IDP guys who made this amazing setup and has helped me with several articles that I've been publishing as well as there are some amazing, uh, NFL draft rookie mag that is coming out soon. Find them at IDP guys file, find their website, ID guys.org. And of course, For frequency's sake, for which they are producing all of this, find them at FFSQC on Twitter. That is our show. Thank you and have a good night.
1: No one's been listening.